The following is a presentation of the Wide Open Mic Podcast Network. For information on this and other podcasts, please go to www.wideopenmic.net. Two players, two sides. Do you have any idea how badly I want to kill you? One is light. Heat, damn it, run! One is dark. We're the good guys, Michael. Son of a bitch. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever! Dude? You all, everybody! Let's go, friends. You all, everybody! You all, everybody! Acting like it's stupid people when it's fancy clothes. I love you, Benny. But if we can't live together, I says friends. I've always loved you. We're gonna die alone. Don't you leave me. I'm so sorry. Guys, we have to go back, Kate. I love you. We have to go back! Hey everyone, welcome back! Episode 17 of Lost! We are inching ever so close to the season one finale. I can't believe it. Um, and we are back, guys. I'm excited. Hey, uh, I know some other people that are excited. Ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend, Fuch. What's happening, everybody? Good to be here. Good buddy, Dave Does. What's up, everybody? My 40-ish year old virgin, Keith. Just want to say hello to all the ladies out there. And our... 40-inch year old virgin? 40-ish. 40-ish. We're being polite here. (laughs) And uh, the man who I just like to consider our lost historian on the podcast, joining us once again, Jesse. Hey, all everybody. I love having you on, Jesse, because I I feel like you and I on a lot of these are on the same wavelength. Just because we went through this together. So I like right. having you on because you're my like, you know, you're you're my if I miss something, I know that anything I was going to say, you're probably going to say it. At least that's that's what I'm hoping for. So I'm glad to have you back, Jess, with us again. Um, I'm going to say something I never thought I would ever say. I'm going to throw it out here. We got a gin episode. This is a damn good episode. Like, Jin is one of my least favorite characters throughout the show, especially at the beginning. And watching this, this just now, gosh, this was a good episode. You guys all agree with me? It was not the worst one. There was so much good stuff in this. I actually agree with you. I think it's a good episode, too. I think thematically it, it's interesting. I don't know if it's uh, the best. I have my frustrations with it. I have yeah. I have a lot of critiques on this episode. I think it invites you know crit- critique and criticism. It invites you know um, judgment. I suppose. <laughs> good. You know, overall, it's good. What What I like my, about this episode is I like that at this point in the show. What I want is the story to move on. And this is definitely pushing the story ahead. Right. Because yeah, when I watched it, um, Jin and Son, I'm like, oh, no, another Jin and Son episode. Yippee. And then I actually got to watching it, and I was right with you, Gunnar. I'm like, wow, the story is moving along so well. I feel like we're actually going to get somewhere. Jess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it really pulled me in because I went into the same kind of trepidation because I was like, you know, I was expecting like season one to like really kind of take off with the next episode numbers. But I think it really is here that I think that like the the sprint to the finale starts. 
Yeah, yeah, and I will get to it, but there's one character that stole this whole episode. He was barely in it, but every time I thought it he's it was the best part of the episode all of this guy's scenes. So we'll get to that in a second. So let's let's just dig deep into the stats on this. Uh so this is episode 17 which is dot 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 in translation, which of course lost in translation if you didn't get it. Um, this aired on February 23rd, 2005, one week after the previous episode. Uh, so there's no break directed by Tucker Gates, who, uh, previously directed confidence man and written by Jesse. One of your faves, right? Javier Grillo Marks watch. Did I get that right? Oh yeah. He's fantastic. So this is his fourth episode that he wrote, including House of the Rising Sun, ironically. Um, All the Best Cowboys, Hearts and Minds. Um, Done some good stuff. And Leonard Dick, his first episode. So way to go, Leo. Welcome to the team. Um, The cast, the entire starting cast was in this movie. I can't think anyone that was left out, at least of the quote-unquote billable stars. Um, We guest starred. Only one was billed before the... during the opening credits, uh, By- uh, Byron Chung, who is Mr. Pike. Is that how you pronounce it? Pike? Pike? I think so. Yeah. Pike. And then co-stars build after the show. We got John Shin as Mr. Kwan. Joey Yu is Byron Han, who was the um, secretary. And then the coolest name of both the actor and the character, Chili Kong played White Suit. Come on. I don't know which name is cooler, Chili Kong or White Suit. <laughs> and then we got John Choi as Butler. Uh, Kaya Lee played the wife of the uh, of uh, B. Young, I think was how, you, how they pronounced it. Uh, B. Young Han. And then his daughter was played by Angelica Periara. And then Tess Young played Son's Best Friend. Uh, that poor daughter had a bad day. Yeah. Uncredited and unnoticed. I looked and I couldn't find her. Our good buddy, Faith Faye, allegedly in this episode. The only yeah. thing I could think of is she dyed her hair brunette because I can't find any blondes in this episode. There's a couple mystery brunettes there. I think she's a figment of your imagination. <laughs> She hasn't been in a single episode. You've been contacting no one on Twitter. <laughs> and then Vincent, of course, played by Madison the dog. So um, best character on the show. Yes. Uh this we is track how long, you know, how long Madison made it through. And then did they, you know, yeah. someone, did they pass the baton? I, I well, guess. yeah, we'll find out. How many animals were hurt during the making of blood? <laughs> By the way, I was really scared when I rewatched it, like in uh, November, December, and I looked it up, and Madison is still alive. I couldn't believe it, so I was so happy. Oh, in real life, Madison's still yeah. alive. Oh, Madison's awesome! Still alive. Yeah, sweet. So this, this yeah, what? Well, two thousand five, yeah. fifteen years. I mean, yeah. I mean, I she's an old woman now, but it it's still possible. Old people she, need she, love too, does old an people elegant yeah. lady, you know, but uh, <laughs> that's a very old dog. Yeah. I think she's a bitch, but that's just me. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, so this is a gin centric hey. episode. Um, I guess this is the technically the first gin centric episode. Um, 
uh, I think the first one was build house of rising sun was technically a sun episode. So I think the idea was you're kind of, this is the counterpart of sun. So you see everything from, from his side, There's a lot of similarities between these two episodes. So, um, it covers days 32 through 34 on the Island. So let's just jump in, man. We open with, uh, Jin, uh, talking to son's dad and he tells him he wants to open a restaurant. Tells him his father's dead and that... Uh, but he wanted to open a hotel. Well, the hotel and a restaurant. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Um, and then, uh, you know, he says he wants him to work for him. And then he busts his balls. He's like, so you're giving up on your dream? So, I don't know. Mr. Peck seems to be a dick. Why won't you just buy the damn kid a restaurant? I mean, you're going to make him... I mean, this is his dream. I don't know. I just... Uh, why would he buy the kid a restaurant? What? Why? I mean, okay. I, I, no, I'm with Gunner on this. I think Gunner's totally right. He, he's married to your daughter. He was you not know. married yet. Well, I don't say buy it for him like Happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm buying you a restaurant, but you know what? I'm not gonna have you beat up secretaries. Right, right. If he he knows that he's with his daughter. By the time at the point that where he's asking him to do these horrible things, torture people or beat them up, you know, he's 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 with son at that point. For it, it seems like a while because at first he was doing the management training, and then right, right. So I mean that that is a sick thing to do. You, would you, you know, you know, if I was a mob boss, I would want to keep my family as far away, you know, from this as possible. What? No. How many mafia movies have you seen? The family is always like part of it. You got to keep the family involved because they're the only ones you can fucking trust. And and the fact that you want to see how loyal he is. And once he shows his loyalty to the family, then you reward him with the restaurant hotel. Well, I I mean, to answer Gunnar's question, yes, he's a dick. (laughs) I mean, mean, all this might be true, but he is a dick. That that is the move of a mob boss. Like, why? I, that that is. I don't know if you want your daughter's husband involved. I mean, that's a little bit far removed. You absolutely do. Yeah, but there's <laughs> no that, respect. That's not your blood. That's not in the family. There's, really, that's like taking a. This play a lot of uh, you know, with playing roulette. I mean, you don't know who who that person is going to. Uh, he's got a big. He's got to make sure that his son knows what the fucking family business is and is involved so that when one of the other competing gangsters comes after his daughter, he's able to defend her. Well, and the other thing is that he's got nothing else to do in life. So the guy's kind of like preying on the economic, you know, vulnerability. And he wants. Oh, to is the mafia preying on people to, to force them into doing work? They don't want a surprise to fucking surprise. <laughs> there is no mafia. I, I, I'm just saying, you know, he's not a good man. He's not a, he's, this is nothing to be admired. This is just, you know. No, absolutely. Everyone in his life is just a pawn to do whatever he needs, like son included, like his family. He doesn't care. He, he's he, got zero he, respect for Jen. Yeah. Yes. I mean, okay. We could contrast him with like a Tony Soprano type who is a mafia figure that you kind of do like and find endearing or something. This guy uh, is just, well, you just also have gotten very little of this guy. You've gotten Tony Soprano's whole back. Yeah, I know. I, I haven't <laughs> seen his. I haven't seen him in his therapy. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe he's going there. He's like, really lovable in yeah. therapy. All gangsters are probably very cute. Yeah. Spoiler alert. This guy. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Jess? 
this guy is one note. He is an asshole. <laughs> yeah, there's exactly. That's his oh. three dimensions of asshole. He's, he's asshole he's, in every direction. He's he's just all business, you know, wh- whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Don't shit where you eat. That's where I, you know, what I say. Don't bring it too close to the nuclear family, you know. So you're saying if you're going to shit, do it in a restaurant that you also own. I, I guess you know. Get ask someone else's. You know, ask that cousin that nobody likes. Why you know? Why was your daughter's husband? Yeah. But yeah, Das. Maybe one. It was scare tactic trying to get him to fucking run off so that he, maybe he thought he wouldn't do it. Maybe he thought he wasn't. Close. Okay, and, okay, and and Jin is also not admirable at all. I mean, I don't like his. Re- I don't buy his reasons for doing this. Yeah, I get. He's got this this chip on his shoulder. You know because. He, his dad, he wants to provide, but I, I, I think uh, he, you he put lied about his dad. There's, there's no admirable anything there. No, he's total scum. <laughs> is just, he's totally, he's totally irredeemable after this episode. In a sense, I don't know that you like him more, but uh, he did save. Uh, that secretary got the energy secretary, whatever. That's it was, true. Okay, there was a save that moment. By beating the shit out of him, yeah. which which I thought was a nice parallel. Spoiler that's exactly alert! How, how Sun? Well, we're getting there. <laughs> uh, that's, that's exactly how uh, uh, Sun saved uh, Michael was by giving him a a lesser beating to save him from the bigger beating. <laughs> which that's that's the next scene. I mean, you want to talk about that? That's a good segue, right? That so was a great segue. segue. So we get to see, uh, of course, Sun looking all sexy in her bikini. And then shortly, Jin uh, snaps, and then That's Michael. So far. <laughs> I mean, d- d- is is there anyone out there at this point that doesn't just hate Jin? At this point in the show, okay, no, there isn't. Everyone hates him. And did he have? Do they have to play such like a stereotypical conservative Asian, you know, family? I guess you know this male chauvinistic Asian archetype. I, I think it's just kind of like, it's, it's too they, stereotypical. It's too contrived and kind of predictable. It, does, it, it comes off very forced. It, it, it's very forced. And what does it have to do with anything? It doesn't have, it doesn't really, it's not explained by his past as a sort of goon. As a fisherman, as a son of it a fisherman. It's not explained. It's, just, it's, like, it's not related. It doesn't. It doesn't really. It's there's. There's not what anything. Fucking like son of a fisherman is covering up his his woman at the beach. Like that doesn't make. Where sense. are they getting this from? I don't know. What, I don't know where they're coming up with. This. I'd be like, see that? That's mine. That's mine right there. It's very odd. Dust. It literally. It seems like they put it into the show just so they had something to like peel away from him. As he like grows as a character, or did they write this so that they could have this bikini scene? <laughs> but then, Maybe like that scene make, is what like, ties it all together. Does that is that the scene? That's, that, that's a long road. Yeah, but we don't need that. We get Kate in the bikini. We get uh, we get Shannon in the bikini. I feel like there's 50 other ways to to put her in a bikini that don't involve like weird spousal abuse. What are your thoughts, Jess? <laughs> Huh? Oh, I just like I think it's just the like all the characters generally start off at the stereotypical view of them, and then they they reveal, and that is kind of like uh, they going forward. 
So you're starting at that place. Uh, so that's just kind of how I see it is like you start to peel away the reason as to why they are the way they are. Mm-hmm. I think you get everyone at like their most raw, like Charlie was mm-hmm. at his most heroin addict when you're first introduced to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jin's going to be his most archetypal, you know, uh, uh, you know, patriarchal head of the household type male. Uh, right. You know, uh, Kate was in fucking handcuffs at the very beginning. Like, you know, like maybe everyone's just at their very worst on a plane. Like, it's not a very fun place to be. It was the moral. So it was the moral of the story. I mean, if you tie everything together, was it that Jin's not as shitty as it seems that he is? No, I think that's a byproduct. I think the moral of the story is that most conflict stems from lack of understanding. In I, translation, I think uh, Faith Face character was uh, touring Australia as a beauty queen of America. I think she was Miss America. She went to Australia to tour. She was on the top of her game. She's a wonderful person. Oh, like, I was like, she's the one that on she's the one character <laughs> yeah. that wasn't at their lowest on that plane. <laughs> Gunner, your ability to just get like uh, focused on the most obscure, irrelevant thing that always impresses me. I mean, I didn't say Arster, uh, the guy that flew through the the plane. What was his name? Uh, Gary Troop. Gary Troop that wrote the book. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Um, now we're we're going back to the flashback with son changing dresses at a wedding, I guess. I've never heard of that. Um, and Jin is foregoing the honeymoon to work well, wait, wait, for wait, her we father. We about the, the fight at all. Oh, I mean, we mentioned it, but I, okay, go. go. Well, I, I mean, what kind of idiot sticks himself in the middle of a lover's spat? Michael. Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> idiot. Well, okay, so, so is the sexual chemistry between Michael and son just getting like, out of control for anybody, or is that just me? I is it? I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know. If that's <laughs> right. I mean, he he is one of the two people that she can actually talk to. Well, if you count Jin, three people on the island that she can actually talk to. I, I think what what they are showing though is Jin is jealous of them or something. See, I think that's the whole thing with Jin, like because it makes no sense. Why is he? Why is he an asshole on the island? There's no need for it. But I, I think know. he's That's in a point. He's in a why point where he he can't connect with anyone else on that island because he can't speak with them. He's got a barrier. Can't connect with anyone. Son, who he cannot connect with, son, because of what happened with her father and his past, and even you know he tells his dad we 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 don't talk, we can't talk anymore. So Jin is in a spot right now; he can't talk to anyone. He's alone. The only guy that he could probably talk to is freaking Vincent. It's the only one that's that Jin can be friends with. So maybe we should feel sorry for Jin. I don't know. All the more reason to not run around causing shit. Then yeah. there's plenty to do that you can help out with without without speaking. You can just do things. You could catch Although, sea urchins for all people. All I was gonna say he has been kind of doing that the whole time, and everyone's just brushing him off. I mean, I, I like this episode because it's it's a, it's very interesting. It reveals a lot, but like, yeah, I just feel that at, at times like the, the conflict with Jin, it's just too inexplicable and irrational and he's just 
you know, fuming for the sake of creating drama on the island for other characters to develop. To see Michael yeah, just, develop. just anger for to anger. Son, yeah, just to see Sun develop. You know, it's like, I, I don't know if they did him the best service by doing that, but somehow it's a good, it is a good episode. You know, it moves the story along very well. Well, that might be a big part of, the, a, a big part of that might be the boat, you know, getting burned. Spoiler which, alert. Right, right, right. <laughs> Keith, what, what are your thoughts on this whole thing with Michael and Jen and Sung? I think that uh, there appears to be um, definitely jealousy, but I think that it's more, I don't know if there's sexual chemistry with Sun. I think he's just fed up on the way Jen treats Sun. And he wants to be like her hero. He wants to defend her because she, he feels that she can't defend herself. So I think he's just trying to be the bigger man in all this. Not, not his fucking place. Doug. Nope, it's not. But I think that's what he's trying to do. And it's, it's backfiring on him. Maybe he sees Jin as the car and son as himself. And he wants to avoid getting hit by the car again. That was deep. No, I think he just likes fucking sticking his nose where it doesn't belong. <laughs> All right, well, well back to another one with a big chip on his shoulder. You know, yeah, like the big two, those two characters, particularly, they have this chip on their shoulder. They've got something to prove. You know, they've got some kind of emotional void or something that they have to fill. Uh, you know, some comp, some lack, some lacking confidence, just angry. Just Angry. And they're angry that they're pissed off about it. They're two of the angrier characters. And, and again, they're always angry at the wrong thing. Right. Like, it, rage is good when directed properly. Yeah, well, when channeled, I agree. <laughs> they're mad at their own uselessness. They, they feel useless. Hmm. So that's why I think they're mad. But I want to ask a question. Why do we all hate Jen so much? I obviously... I know why we hate Jen so much, but why don't we hate Sun equally? I do. She is actually deceiving her husband with the language thing. Honestly, I never liked Sun. Like, if you take every character in the show, Sun might be my least favorite. I think it started with these episodes, and I just never got over it. I think even Jin, eventually, I started to like a little more. Shannon and Boone, I like more than than, uh, Sun. I just Uh, never... Never got into Sun's story. I hated her the whole time. So Keith, it's not that we don't hate her. It's just that her. I feel like her sins are less egregious at this point. Like all she's really done is be a victim and then not tell people she can talk. Like it's really not that bad. I but feel like, like her her whole story arc, the entire show, is just feeling sorry for her. Wouldn't you say, Jess? It's, she's she's a pity character. Yeah, she's she's a hundred percent patient. Every every single thing that that happens, we're just supposed to feel sorry for her. And I, I mean, don't. Yeah, I, I think she point, eventually yeah. kind of gets more agency in the story. But like, I think the problem. I, I really end up liking Jen further on down the road. But the problem with Jen is that he's always paired with Son, who like I just like you said. I think she's in the bottom tier of characters. Yeah, we'll and see about that, Jess. Down. We'll see about that. I think that's where he shines most when he's not around sun. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I'm saying that like they're like when he's on his own, he's always trying to get back to sun and it's always sun and it's always this and that. And so uh, she's always, she always factors prominently in his storyline. And and based on this episode, apparently we're going to see what it's like for them to be separated. Well, I mean, they're separated right now. 
Are they not, Keith? Huh? Did they not end this episode separated? That's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. Based off this episode, yes. Way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we think about uh, Son and Jin getting married and then Jin foregoing the honeymoon to go work for the father? What do we think about that, Dennis? Uh, not a smart move. No. no not a, it's, it, it's the slippery slope. Yeah. It's the deal with the devil. It's a terrible play, especially right out of the gate. Like you got to set precedent, man. Like that was the bad, the wrong one to set. It's just you know safety first, I guess, for your family. You know you have to think. You know what am I exposing myself to if I'm getting involved with this? Um, and 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 for going your honeymoon, it's in itself is a bad idea. Yeah, like right out of the gate, bad move. Like what <laughs> you're pissing off the wife and screwing over the family. Like this is nah. Yeah. It was sad. It's sad to see. And it's like, but you kind of, I guess, feel bad for him because he feels like he has no choice. Is this uh trip uh that they came from Australia? Is that the honeymoon that they eventually went on six months later? Uh no. It's the, the uh, uh he it's where he's taking the watches to associates of uh, Mr. Pate. Uh, like it's in Sydney and LA, they say. Yeah, so they say that at the end of this episode. Why did his dad say, go for it, do it? Well, his Man, dad said, run away. His dad said, take son. I think the whole idea was that they were going to ha- start, a, they're going to deliver these watches and then start a new life in America. Yeah, I guess it sounds yeah. obvious right. enough. And he, but he did say, do this th- last thing. Make yeah, it's going to be the last yeah. thing you do for him and then, like, leave. Like, See, they mean, both? He said, he, if yeah. I were him, I would have said, get out now. If, there, if you can still get out and just say no. Well, his dad's a fucking fisherman in the middle of nowhere. He's probably not the smartest man. I guess not. Well, he's not the go-to guy for advice. He's in the middle of a fucking Korean fishing village. Okay, I'm confused then. Was his dad dead or is he pretending his no, dad? No, he pre- he was embarrassed yeah. by his dad, so he told Mr. Oh. Pike that he was dead. Did uh, I miss it, this somewhere? Yeah, definitely, because it was very well stated. It, it was during the fir- it was the first opening scene. He told he him his father's the, dead. The fisherman. His dad being a fisherman, so he kind of Sweet. Yeah, this might be a cultural In fact, thing, they but... said it several times because I notated it on here. Yeah. Two or three times he mentioned his father being dead. So I was well, say- I knew that, but I thought maybe when he saw his dad, it was a flashback or oh no, no, or no, no. Like that, that was yeah. So that was I was gonna say, this, this might be a cultural thing because Americans don't really care, but like being a, a son of a shantytown village fisherman is super shameful in like that. Like you're lowest of the fucking low. Yeah, I guess, man. I mean, I, I, it's probably very different in Korea too, than it is here, but you know, over here. Exactly. Like you wouldn't be a, sh- you would, you wouldn't go around telling people your dad was dead. Cause he w- was a fucking fisherman. It'd be unimaginable to do that. Right, but over like in the- over there, maybe I mean it's different. It's a different culture. I I don't know. I it's just it, it's another reason to dislike Jin. And well, let's put it like- this way: I've heard multiple Asian uh, films and and shows and friends insult people by calling them sons of fishermen. <laughs> So I know it's like a like it's not a good thing to be a son of a fisherman. 
I guess not. It's I guess it's dirty work and, and, it's, and it's metal bad and it's 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 gross. It's 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 like um the untouchable cast kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we we see some pretty dreadful things by Jin this episode, but Come on, Hurley's trying to bond with him, wants to go fishing with him, and Jin's a dick to Hurley. No one should be a dick to Hurley. Hurley's the sweetest man in the world. He deserves no dickishness behavior towards him. Am I wrong? Yeah, that was a cute little scene where he's trying to say, hey, let's go fishing, dude. Chill out. He needs to relax. And that was after he made a total jackass of himself and was like ripping, you know, or like trying to trying to like batter batter son with that towel like yeah but, but, bro he's gonna fucking ruin those clubs oh does he not know how to play <laughs> well they no, he's hitting there. him with the rock he was sitting there hitting fucking lava rocks with them those yeah. are gone in like a couple weeks man <laughs> they're gonna be ruined <laughs> yeah that's another problem those aren't his <laughs> yeah, hit, hit, hit acorns or something i don't know whatever fruit that's around there oh yeah mango pits make kind of good golf balls yeah that'd definitely be easier on the clubs <laughs> well i think the whole thing one very important thing happened in the very next scene something that Fuch, i know you were excited about your girl Ooh. was back. Woo! Shannon is back. Ruin that song for me. What are you doing? And not only is Shannon back, Saeed is macking. Fuge, how much did you love this scene? Hey, I, I hated it with every fiber of my being. <laughs> You know, I, and she's like, her with a, I'm like, look, me and Shannon and a rope in a Saturday night, the only outcome is her fucking swinging from a tree come Sunday morning. Like, I just, no, hard pass. What was that about her, like, with the rope? She like, Ew, hey, I maybe, you you got, maybe you and I should just, like, be alone with this rope. Do they, like, are they the torture? Are they, like, are they uh, I, I think there was some implied BDSM there. That was that's a kid. Yeah. And he was like all into it. He looked like, whoa. Oh, bro, he's he a torture. Like, he's a torturer. Of course he's into it. And life like, with it, Shannon would be torture. Is that what you're saying? Well, no. They're just well, gonna, she's obviously into SNM. She, she was at, uh, bragging about how good she is at tying knots and what have you. Keith, you're the virgin here. Right, what are your thoughts right. on uh, Shanid? Sion? Well, Shannon and Saeed, what are your thoughts on the, the, the lovebirds? <laughs> I think it's, uh, I love it just for the fact that Future hates it. I'm just sitting there watching this, just laughing <laughs> at the fact that Future has to watch this. I hope there's even more graphicness and, and things that he has to sit through. Oh, I'm so. sure we're in for lots of treats. But overall, I mean, it's a relationship. I mean, there's not many relationships that have actually gone anywhere outside of Sawyer and um, Kate's, you know, like toyingness. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for a little uh, um, hanky panky. Well, you got yeah. uh, Charlie and was, uh, Shannon. Boone's a little bitch. That's the paper. <laughs> uh, you know what? 
Whatever. I'm happy for him. Uh, and then we get we get we finally get to see Michael's raft, and and I wrote on there, Keith, will it work? So obviously this was before they burned it down, but <laughs> how, where were you when you saw this raft? Because that looked like a pretty damn good raft, Keith. Did you think they were getting off the island? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of metal on there. Don't you think it was just going to sink? Well, no, the metal was just basically structural. I mean, have you ever been on a cruise I don't know. ship? Yeah, yeah like I don't know. Boat, boats are made with metal. I don't know. Boats are made of metal. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I mean, I'm saying it looked like wood was on the bottom. The metal was like on top. Am I wrong? Uh, you're correct, but it was mostly structural and support, and you could easily have enough ballast from all that wood to to lift it. And again, it's it's just it, boats are made of metal all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. a pontoon boat. It had like yeah, the, the pontoons on the bottom, and so yeah, like. Okay. Uh, but it, but yeah, yeah, I think it, it's an impressive raft to build on a deserted island. You know, the professor I, and Marianne would be very proud. The plane wreck. Well, they had, yeah, they had the remnants of the plane to work with. Yeah, yeah, it's a big, big advantage. So then we find out that Sawyer's going on the raft. So, Daz, let me ask you why does Sawyer want off the island? Why does he want to get on that raft? If that's a good question, I think he's always, I don't know, probably been mo- a, a mover, you know, he's always moving from place to place. Oh, that's a good call, life. and he probably wants to keep, keep moving. He can't settle down there. Yeah, what's his advantage to stay there for forever? Well, he survived. He's maybe. got a pretty damn good life there. He's got maybe. everything. Everyone needs stuff from him. But, but his little trinket shop's going to run out real soon. And I don't know how good life is. You got people coming out of the woods kidnapping your party. Like that's that true. Uh, That doesn't sound like a great life. I guess that's true. That's true. But <laughs> outside of maybe John Locke, is there anyone else, Keith, on that island that should want to stay on that island more than Sawyer? Uh, Kate, probably, because yeah, she I... definitely got somebody coming for her. Yeah, Kate's on the lamb. And Rose, wherever she is. No, Rose is still waiting for her husband. She's not going <laughs> to so. And Faith, I mean, I want, the, when the, when's that spin? I'm done with her. I'm done with her. I'm moving yeah, on. You gotta be, man. Just just let it go. It's gonna be the it's gonna be the death of you. You're gonna obsess. <laughs> uh, did, did we get to so, so the very first time? So Jin's going in to talk to the secretary, and it's right before he steals this little girl's dog. Did you not notice her TV was on Korean television? Yes, yeah. that did was see that? Yeah. Wow. Oh, you yes. missed it, Keith? I missed it. Oh, uh, I was I was gonna bring this up and show you. It's Why, a, I, I can't recall. Why was Hurley on Korean television? You'll find out. You'll find out. out. You'll find you'll out. Find out. Right. I, I, knew, I knew they explained it. I couldn't fucking remember why. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You can't remember why. Let me see if I can find it. They'll make fast. the show. I think I do remember mostly why. But wow. it's, well, there was, the clue. Like, there was a clue in this episode when uh, Walt says that. We'll figure that out. Let's see. What happened to this episode? I'm not spoiling. <laughs> I I know I put notes on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't worry. I, I wrote it down. It's fine. <laughs> because uh, that's a funny joke that he would owe him so much money. Yeah, that is true. I, we, I've mentioned that before. Is that uh, uh, the eighty three thousand dollars? 
Anyway, go back and watch Keith. You'll see in the background. What did he, did he win a game show in Korea and won lots of money? Maybe. Maybe <laughs> something like that. Maybe. Yeah. All right. So yeah, let's get let's stay on this scene. I mean, at first, did you guys think Jin was going to beat him up? I mean, did well, he didn't the first time. I know, but I... did you think he would? No, he seemed very confused on his purpose there. He he genuinely seemed like he thought he was supposed to just hand him an envelope and leave. All I know is he ends up, again, stealing that poor girl's dog, which is the second stolen dog in the series. Well, he didn't technically steal it. They forced it on it him and gave it to him and told to him he had no yeah, choice. He, he, yeah. he didn't steal it. I don't think that girl wanted her dog gifted. I blame her dad. He didn't take it, though. It was given to him. <laughs> it's not like he walked over to the girl, punched her in the face, picked up the dog and walked out of the house like the dad shoved it into his arms and wouldn't take no for an answer. That's true. That's true. All right. Like so several times. <laughs> so I know you love Shannon Fuch, but here's Boone's big scene. Uh, Saeed goes to Boone and tells him he pretty much he wants his blessing. And then Boone's a dick to Saeed. What are your thoughts, Fuge? Uh, you know, he's just, this, uh, it, it, it seems like a jealousy play, but you know, he's just like, she'll chew you up and spit you out. Uh, it, I don't know, man. Uh, it seems like he's trying to just scare away. I, I like Locke's position more where he, uh, before where he just like tells her to go for it. Yeah. We'll that get seems, to that. That's coming up in uh, a couple later, scenes later. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. We can talk about those scenes match. Let's talk about that scene. I think John Locke is the star of this episode. And this scene is why this is the greatest scene that Shannon has been in this whole episode. I just love that scene with Locke. It's, it's great. I mean, Jesse, don't you believe with me? Like, that's a great scene. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is uh, Locke has uh, he shined in this episode, including an iconic moment later on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, uh, it just seems like a, uh, not that I'm against it, but it seems like a selfish play. He wants Shannon to go for it with Saeed so that she's just out of the picture and Boone can be his lackey unabated. Like You think so? Huh. Yeah. I, I think that's right. I think that's right. That's his motivation. Yeah, it, it comes off as altruism, which is that's really his strength is he seems like he's doing altruistic things, but they're entirely for his own advantage. I, I think that's that's a, that's totally right, because otherwise, you know, if he really was like this kind of magnanimous character, you know, he probably wouldn't get so involved, but he's consciously like pulling strings Steering people you know, uh, to certain directions. And, yeah, yeah, yeah like stuff in the situation. That's, you know, I, I liked your someone with an angle. He's got a plan. He's a manipulator. I, I liked your strings reference. He's very much like a puppet master to all yeah. his little, like, you know, <laughs> island play things. For right now. And, and then what, you know, wh wh whether he, you know, what you feel about him or whether he's a good character or a bad character, I think, you know, Right now, he seems good and like nice enough. He seems very charismatic. He's got a lot of, 
um, you know, presence. But well, the, the, the worst ones are always charismatic and seem like good guys. Uh, well, you yeah. know, right, right. Well, you know, when he says, what does he say? He's like, you know, you can be anyone who you want you, or you can be someone new on this he, island. He certainly doesn't seem like a, a malevolent presence. No, he's not a malevolent pres- presence, but you were, rem- you, you know, as you're watching all these episodes and you're seeing how cool John Locke is, you're, you're probably also thinking in the back of your mind, well, this was fucking that dude trying to get Helen to go with him, you know? Yeah. Well, he's, re- he's reinvented himself on the island. He's become this jungle man. Like, uh, this, he's created this whole life for him. So he's telling Shannon to do the exact same thing. He thinks, yeah, he thinks he's a new man. He may genuinely believe that. But is he? I don't know. What is he doing? What's his MO? Well, well, I don't know. He's fucking walking. That that's a difference. That's a big difference. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that would make me feel like a new man if suddenly I could walk when yeah, I realize that, that would that would mess with my head too. If like all of a sudden I was in a plane crash and I could walk. Yeah, that that'd be that'd be weird. Finding oranges, it's crazy. Well, yeah. did any of you guys suspect John Locke as the guy who started the fire? Uh, yeah, I definitely did. Yes. More, more okay, than there one. you go. That says yeah. a lot about him right there. And the reason I thought so is because I thought he was trying to um, get everybody together against those that are in the island and say, hey, we have to come together. Like he, his speech, right, was to like say, hey, we need to quit fighting with each other. That, but that when he does right. point, like what does that reveal about his character that we were all so quick to be like, Oh yeah, no, like he said fire like as a ploy. Like, oh yeah. Without yeah. hesitation. Like <laughs> Well, they want you to believe it because when the thing's blown up, there's a shot uh where they kind of stay on lock a little bit too long. Yeah, it was it was very much framed that way. Yeah. Like Yeah, but probably. So I mean, did did you then so no one thought Jin was the one that burned it? No, not even for a second. No, I didn't. It didn't. It, that seemed like too. It too, seemed too, too like too easy. Why? Yeah. Like it just it would not that a lot of his characters' motivations make sense to me, but that really like wouldn't have made sense. Yeah, because but Jin did. wants to get off the island. Yeah, like <laughs> wants to stay on because of his legs. Yeah. Right, and I didn't see Walt being the one doing it though. Yeah, that was wild. I forgot about that, and that threw me for a loop. I was, I, I was surprised by that too. That so, like, well, wow, Walt, you fucking asshole. So let's try and one last time. Let's try and save Jin. Um, <laughs> Mister Pike gets upset and sends Jin back to essentially watch someone else shoot this guy that you were too much of a puss to shoot, and then Jin saves the guy's life by beating him up. I mean, can Jin get some points for that? Uh, too little, too late? What? What? No, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely not too little, too late for that little girl and the wife. And the it's dog. Like, oh, you know, it, too, too soon. The dog, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, the mistake was he didn't beat the shit out of him the first time he, he was there. Yeah, like he. The guy, exactly. So regardless, that guy still got a beating. he's gonna get a beating no matter what it's the same end result like he should have just given it to him the first time and that little girl would have still had her dog right and she probably would have been less traumatized because you know she wouldn't have seen it yeah because like 
because Jim came knocked like it was a whole like it was a very calm affair. Well, I don't think Jin knew he was supposed to beat the guy up. I think he's still in denial what his father-in-law does at this time. Uh, I guess so. This was his first beat down assignment. Because this was yeah. right after no, his, was, yeah, his first promotion. That That's just, that's just poor instruction on Pike's part. Like that, <laughs> you know, that you can't really blame Jin for that. But, but, you know, the, to have them burst in in the middle of dinner, the guy's got a gun, he's dressed in white. It's very intimidating for some weird reason. It shouldn't be, but it His is. His name is White Suit. Come on. Well, it's very <laughs> apt. <laughs> Uh, like, yeah, that's going to fuck that kid up for a while. <laughs> I do love that. We saw the other end of this scene back in house of the rising sun. That's pretty cool that we get to see Jin's version of it. Yeah. I liked the, the alternate perspective. And, and again, it comes back to what I was saying where most, uh, uh, conflict is stemmed from misunderstanding. So Sun was very upset at Jin in the scene because she simply didn't understand what happened. And he wasn't able to explain it. You know, so whether it's a language barrier or personality barrier or, or whatever the case may be, you know, sometimes people just can't talk about shit. Yeah. And, and that's a problem. And, and so that causes the conflict. It's just it's misunderstanding. So let's just tackle this. It's a little out of order, but just so we can finish up with Jin's part. Um, the We go back, see his dad is I mean, we've we've talked about it before. Anything else with that scene with Jin and his dad? Nothing. When Jin goes to see his dad and he they fish together and he tells him to run away. I mean, we mentioned it. Is there anything yeah, else we, we need to? About it. No. I, mean, I I thought it was a dream. That was it. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's go back to the I island. Like how, I like how. Uh, I like how Sun and Jen, they both have like plans to escape independently of each other. And then she like uh, at the last minute was like, no, he's still in there. I can I can stay with him. So they were going to run away together. Hopefully he's more machine now than man twisted and evil. And and I also want to point out they did get their honeymoon. It's just an eternal honeymoon. Hey, they're in Hawaii. (laughs) Well, (laughs) They're also using pine cones to wipe their asses. Uh, Hurley had some giant leaves. What kind of fucking amateur hour survival class did you take? (laughs) You got a whole, you got a whole ocean right there. Like, come on, bro. You're exactly. You're on the beach. You find yourself some nice smooth rocks like that. (laughs) I like a challenge. What can I say? My, my butthole does not like a challenge. I'll just, What if he? What if he uses a uh, some type of a weird um, um, uh, um, coral as a, his loofah? And oh just, God! Little, yeah, <laughs> like the sea urchin. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that that would explain a lot. <laughs> if you find a nice loofah sponge, that that's the way to go for one or two uses. Why did he not take her bikini and start using that? She's not going to wear that if that's his personal. Rag, if you will. <laughs> That's one way to keep her out of the bikini. Uh, Personal rag. That's, That's sure. Uh, that is that is a strategy. Yes. <laughs> All right. So so back to the island. Uh, we see the big fight. Sawyer kicks him in the face. That was pretty badass. And then him and Michael get into the fight. And then the big reveal. Did him and Michael get in a fight or well, did Jim stand there and get punched a couple of times? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. 
Uh, he didn't swing once, I don't think. We got to find out what the swear words were in Korean. But I, I do for the couple cool things uh, when they show Jin's version of it and he sees everyone talking. Actually, what that was was the real dialogue. They reversed it. So if you put it through a processor and played it backwards, it would be English. I thought that was cool. A little trivial for you. And of speaking course, of the, speaking of the Korean, why I still it still bugs me that they won't tell us what they're saying in Korean. No? Well, I think because you're not supposed to know what he's saying at that point. Because I swear I, I don't speak Korean, but I feel like he was saying, "I didn't burn down your boat." You idiot. I didn't burn down your boat. You fucking asshole. I didn't burn down your boat. And just keeps getting punched every time. <laughs> but I love when Sun finally reveals her English. Of course, Hurley didn't see that comment. That was awesome. That's just so Hurley. I love that. Yes. But okay. So why why the fuck did she, she, did she hide this for so long? It's not clear. Because she would get a beat down. Like Jin just For got knowing English. Yes, obviously. Look, he left her over it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's a learning an entire language and keeping it from your partner is a big betrayal of trust. And, and they clearly have issues. <laughs> so, does does your wife know you speak Klingon? I'm just going to ask. Did you tell her? <laughs> I only I only use my Klingon behind closed doors. So, um, <laughs> all right. Well, the, the the second pinnacle of this episode, and probably the best part of the episode, lock speech. Jess, what are your thoughts on lock speech? Oh, it's uh, like I said earlier. It's it's an iconic moment. It's a speech that like in in uh, all kind of like lost videos going forward that like ABC would put out. Like this would be in there somewhere. Uh, it's. Uh, and it really kind of like encapsulates like what they should be focusing on. It is one of the most memorable lines in the show with where are we? And, you know, obviously the title of our podcast, but uh, yeah, I, when, when, when I, when he did that speech, as soon as it ended, I was like, damn it. I should have put that in the opening titles. Like that's (laughs) one of those clips that I was looking for. Ah, and it was in the, all of those amazing Lost in 815s. I can't wait to show you guys those if you haven't seen them. Remember those, Jess? Oh, yeah. They just like do each season. And then, yeah, like, I think they started uh, season yeah. three was the first one, I think. So we got a while to go. But ABC made these awesome Lost in 8 minutes and 15 seconds where they summed up the entire series in 8 minutes and 15 seconds and it was just this woman narrating it and the biggest take oh. the biggest Oh, we should have just watched that. Uh, what, what are we doing? Well, I but they did it for season 3, like right before season 3 started and then they did another one for season 4. And the greatest line in the whole thing was Mr. Friendly throws like a girl. That's like the one thing that I take away from that. And I almost put that line in the open. I pulled it and was about to put it in. I'm like, that's too meta for opening credits. I mean, I did put the Hurley bird and I after son's dog, but I left out Mr. Friendly throws like a girl. No one even right now knows who Mr. Friendly is, but just a spoiler alert. He throws like a girl. You'll see. (laughs) Um, yeah, that lock speech was was great. And uh, again, yeah, it, another it really scene hit the spot. He's got you know he's got that leadership presence. 
But I mean, is he fucking like still, you know, a little bit into Helen? It's, you know? Is it is it a leadership presence though, or is it? I just, don't know. Like, if something it's, is it's coming alive. It's it's, it's it's very something. commanding. I don't know yes. that it's leadership though. Well, he. I think he's one of the leaders on the island. He's not maybe the ultimate leader, but he he is definitely a one of the oh. leaders. And he, he's, he's a he's boon, a, certainly. He's a tribal elder. <laughs> he's a tribal right. elder. He he keeps pu- putting himself in these avuncular situations. But future, I think commanding is a quality of a leader. And so he's definitely showing that. You can be very commanding and be a shitty leader. No, no, but it's a quality of a leader. It doesn't necessarily mean you're good or bad. So, yeah. And, um, Gunner, I want to say one other thing about the boat. Um, as, as impressive as the boat was, and even though I thought it was going to sink, I'm sure the next one that Michael builds will be better. And my question is, is he going to get it done before the end of this season? Because he built that one so damn quick. Maybe. Let's uh, let's really. It's not. It's not a boat. That thing was a, a raft at best. Let's uh, let's not give him too much credit there. He had storage. He did have storage. <laughs> <laughs> That's a boat. <laughs> so the, the last really scene with Jin uh, and Son that we had to talk about is that Son actually tells Jin she was going to leave him. That was pretty ballsy, didn't you think, Does? But yeah, she said it in that was that's pretty uh, that's pretty intense. Um, maybe that's uh, that was why, or that was just something that she needed to do, and that's why she felt free at the end to like you know disrobe and like she she was free of all this uh, of all these burdens. She had she finally revealed that she spoke English, which was probably weighing on her, and she wanted she revealed that she was thinking about leaving him and wanted to stay with him, so. I guess it was all out in the open at that point. Um, I don't know what that does for his character. You know, he's he becomes very determined. He's like, okay, let's go build this other boat. But I mean, it seems like there it's good for their relationship. You know that this happened. Maybe this needed to happen. You know, it was a, it was it was like, you know, tensions were mounting, and this was the time that this, this you know they got to blow off that steam. Yeah. So they uh, they had a lot of lack of understanding. Now they understand each other and they can come back. Maybe I hope so. You by by the end of it, you're rooting for them. You know, it's like a strange push and pull. Yeah, as much as, as much as I'm critical of the episode and like I think there's just like a lot of sensational kind of overwritten stuff. But I mean, ultimately the the, the characters are are well written and well played enough to get, you know, to get me to kind of root for them at the end of this episode. Uh, Rooting for them is a bit of a strong play. I would say I, I, I don't like (laughs) certainly not cheering for them to be broken up and die anymore. Like you, you certainly hate them less, but yeah, like, for me, I don't give me, a fuck if they get back together. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, for me, it would be tolerating them is a better word. Yeah, I, I, like, I don't like them as individuals, but I sort of like them together as a couple. I'm the opposite. I, I like them as individuals, but I hate them as a couple. Actually, I, I don't think, like Sun as an individual. I like Jin by himself. Not yet. Right now, I hate him. But I think Das, you like them as a couple because then they're isolated off. And and their plot is only them. They don't taint everybody else's plot line with their bullshit. 
Well, well, speaking of liking as a couple, Shannon went out and kissed Saeed. Are we starting to like them as a couple? No. Yes. <laughs> I'm worried that, you know, they're going to have they're, they're going to have like some kind of foreplay waterboarding accident and something <laughs> hurt. And you know, I, I I just I don't know if those two I don't know if Shannon knows what she's getting into. Or maybe he, maybe she's the freaky one of the two of them. Who knows? Maybe. She was good with those nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, right. What is she going to do with that, those rope? So, that rope. So <laughs> finally we get the third part of John Locke's trifecta. We get the scene with him playing Walt in, in uh, backgammon. And he tells him that uh, Locke's da- Locke tells him his dad was not cool and that he knows Walt burned the raft. So were we all uh, surprised when he burnt the raft? Yes, but how did yes. John Locke know? John Locke knows all. That's fair. Yeah, how did he know? Is that, is that- <laughs> Well, John Locke's probably thinking, well, I didn't do it, so who else would do it? I would be the one person to do it. Does that mean that he saw it happen and didn't stop it? Maybe. Or did he see like him running into the woods afterwards or, or something? You know, it's <laughs> or did uh, Locke actually start it and he's just tricking the kid into thinking he did it? I don't know. Could be anything. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, Locke is like he's happy that like that Walt did it. So now he doesn't have to do it. And uh, right, yeah, he's he can stay on the island. Trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably right. He was probably on the way to doing it. Uh, yeah, uh, Locke was, yeah. Lock was walking up with a fucking can of yeah. gas and a thing. Uh, oh, yeah. It was already. like, ah, problem solved. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth, you know. <laughs> that's I'm not stop this. Oh. Well, one last thing in this episode. I have to admit, and I'm going to be honest here, up until this, up to this episode in the series, my favorite moment was the end of this episode. What a great ending. Oh, love it. With the whole Damien Rice delicate. I love this song and the whole scene. I mean, son being free for the first time. You got kind of catching up with everyone. I love this scene. And then when it ends and Hurley's son of a bitch is one of the greatest moments of Lost. Yeah, it's one of the best moments. It It was extra good because I was literally thinking like, man, how long is this guy's batteries going to last? And then like like just instantly they're done. Well, I, I, I I have a funny story about this song. Sorry, I just like it. But years, years ago, I was in my living room and I heard this song being played. And I'm like, how the hell do I know this song? And my next door neighbor was in his backyard playing it. And I ran, I went outside and I'm just like, what is this song? Like, why do I know this song? And he's like, well, it's Damien Rice. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't do anything for me he's like oh it's a great song i'm like yeah i know it i don't know how i know it but i know it from somewhere and uh i went back in the house 20 minutes later there's a knock on my door my uh neighbor burnt me a copy of the cd so i listened the hell out of this cd not knowing why i know this song 
And then I rewatched Lost and I'm like, that like this song stuck with me for like five years without knowing why. Like I didn't know why I knew this song, but I think it's, you know, they say if you're in a car and you turn off the radio, that song is stuck in your head because you don't have the closure of it. That must've been this because all we got was son of a bitch. Like we never got to hear the end of the song and Cersei, like, I don't know. Isn't that weird that this song stuck with me for all those years? Yeah. Catchy. Yeah, totally. But Damien Rice, it's on the O album. Pick it up, man. It's a great album. Uh, Blower's Daughter, that's another great song. Volcano, great album. Great album. And so, I also like how they follow it up with like the silent loss. Yes, like it's the, the first the title card. Yeah. It's like they're, it's not the, you know, it's just like, it's just there. And then the episode is over. I just, it's great. And honestly, what I think is that this, and I think it's perfect ending because this is the calm before the storm. You know, the, the night is darkest right before. I think this is saying, Hey, relax because it's going to pick up. Do I remember that? No, I'm just speculating that we have what, uh, 17 episodes we're on. So we've got what? 24, the first season. If we count the finale as two episodes, we have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more episodes. It still seems like a lot, but Hulu counts it as uh, three episodes. Well, yeah, yeah. it's the finale three episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. So the first part one, part two are the finale. Part three is the season premiere of episode two. Oh, because on Hulu, it's on season one. Are you sure? Gunner, it's a three part finale uh, for Exodus. Okay. I'm looking at it right now. I stand corrected. But the first part is directed by Stephen Williams, and the the final two are Jack Bender, I think. You're right. You're right. You're right. My bad. So, all right. Well, um, but I, I want. Hey, I want to say one thing real quick on that last scene. Um, I did feel like when um, Claire was sitting in the sand that Charlie was like making her a place to lay her eggs like a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> That's hilarious. Are we about to have a turtle birth? <laughs> what is she doing? So hey, the 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 horns that they play after a dramatic scene before a commercial break is that really starting to grate on anyone else? No, I like it. Love it. I like Love it. it. God, okay, so cool. I, it's another Twilight reason, Zone reference. I don't know. For some reason, in this episode, like I don't know if what, but like I was like, that's the one that broke the camel's back. Like the, I'm done with this fucking sound effect. It's right. It's, it's like two trombones with a mute. Yeah, yeah. I I can't figure out what kind of horn it is, but it's some yeah, some kind of muted horn, and it's just like like, God damn it every time. (laughs) Like they just it just they use it too much. Uh, I disagree, and you know you know what else is not used too much? Was it? Yeah, we died. No raft. Well, guys, <laughs> there was only one death in this episode. The death of freedom. <sighs> that raft, it had compartments. It wasn't just a raft. It was a ship, a ship of hope, a ship of dreams. 
What could have went wrong? Now it's a, a pile of ashes. Yes. But hey, maybe it, it seemed like it brought a father and son together. Because now Walt seems guilty and is going to help his dad build the new one. Yeah, burning shit to the ground's always brought me and my family together, so, you know. Mr. Raft, may you burn in hell. Burn in life. in hell <laughs> well uh that is it for this episode in translate dot 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 in translation finally next week spoiler alert we finally get a hurley episode 18 episodes in is hurley the last of the starring individuals to get a get a centric episode I guess technically we haven't had a Shannon one if they because I think they count the one as Boone. So okay I guess <laughs> I'm, I'm good. That's that's fine. So, well, since there are no deaths in this, Keith, let me ask you, who's going to be the next person to die or animal to die? Um, and when will it be? I'm gonna I'm gonna guess by the end of the season it'll be someone like um, I don't know Boone or Charlie. It'll be somebody, and the only reason I'm saying Boone is because he's the one that's investigating the bunkers with uh, with Locke, and I have a feeling something's going to go wrong. What so. could go wrong? John Locke's that's- in charge. We haven't heard of the of the hatch in a long time. And what's going to be in that hatch, Keith? Um, another village of people. It's going to be like the Matrix underground lair. We're going to go to a rave. You know what's down there is a Geronimo no, Jackson that's... album. That's what's in the hatch. The I last Geronimo Jackson album. That's a very terrestrial hatch there, Das. It doesn't seem very UFO-like. <laughs> that's so, right. guys, that's the episode this week, man. Any final thoughts on In Translation? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Uh, where was Kate? She wasn't really in it much. So. Well, she talked. She had the one scene where she talked to to uh, son. I mean, this was honestly like really a gin and son episode. I mean, Michael probably had the next biggest part in it. I mean, Locke had the three biggest moments in it by far. But I mean, there was very little Jack. There was very little. Uh, Sawyer and I mean no one else really I mean they all kind of had their one token moments Faith Faye I just want to give her a name why I don't know it bothers you can't me. even find her in the episode I, I don't think she <laughs> she's do she's all, dead but... she's dead to me she won't come on the podcast so. <laughs> yeah like I <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Well, hey, in the meantime, uh, we have to go back. Net is our website, which is part of the Wide Open Mike Podcast Network. Wide Open Mike, Wide Open Mike.net is for the website. The website's great. It's it's up and going. Uh, you can save it on your phone or your computer's home screen and use it as an app. So it's pretty good. All the shows are there. Snap an MCU podcast. We got Gunner and the Pistols, which these guys were on a couple weeks ago. That was awesome. Um, that was except Jesse. That was before Jesse joined the 
the, the team. Um, yeah, man, lots of fun stuff. Our Twitter account, uh, we have to go back podcast. Uh, WHTGB podcast at WHTGB podcast and our Facebook group we have to go back a lost rewatch podcast if you go to our website there is an email address there's a link on there so you can email us if you want to tell us we're wrong or or uh, you know tell Keith, future Keith that he's wrong about his Shannon views bad words I mean, bring it at me I don't know I'm fine <laughs> <laughs> so feel free to to contact us there but I don't use I don't use bad words Gunner well I beep them out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thank you guys all for joining. Jesse, I'm glad you're here. Part of the team. It seems like you're going to be part of the team for a while. I hope so. I really enjoy it. Unless. Glad you're here. Unless you die on the raft. Uh, possibility. Will those guys die on the raft? Now, it looks like uh, Jin's going to be the fourth person. Son of a bitch.